Good evening to those in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We're coming to you with our weekly message. We praise God for you um, tuning in <clears throat> and also <clears throat> just sharing the videos with your family and friends. We always want to encourage you to um, reach out to us and let us know how these messages are being a blessing to you. <clears throat> we also, um, you know, pray if you want to become a part of our ministry, also reach out to us, you know. But we want to start a new series on uh, tonight. We want to start talking about uh, developing emotional maturity, okay? Developing emotional maturity. And this really ties into what we talked about on Thursday night in our Bible study about um, <clears throat> how do we control our emotions when we deal with certain things. It was a very interesting um, dialogue that we had. I encourage you to go and look at it, but emotionally, how do we handle emotion, you know, our emotions? And because the Bible does talk about, it talk about, you know, renewing our minds. Um, the Bible talk about the Bible talk about our heart. It's not talking about the heart that pumps blood. It's talking about the heart, the center of your being, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the Bible spends a lot of time, a lot of scriptures talking about our emotions and how we handle things and how we should see things. And the Bible says, you know, talk about us having the mind of Christ. And so what is that? You know, what are we talking about? We're talking about the mind of Christ, how we handle different situations because we live in a society now where um, <clears throat> emotional health is supposed to be a priority. It's been really pushed. I say in the last two or three years about being emotional, being not only being physically healthy, but emotionally healthy with all the things that we have to deal with, <clears throat> that you have to deal with. And so what does the Bible say about, you know, developing emotional maturity? Because we have to grow emotionally because I grew up in, you know, in a church where they talked about praising God and, you know, praise your way through and, you know, get, you know, shout it out, things like that, which means, you know, you get, you get emotion, you get in church and, and you get your worship on, you get your praise on, you, you know, dance your way out of your problem. But I learned that's good. And that's part of praise is the weapon that we use um, to help us in our emotional development. <clears throat> but I found out that a lot of believers that when, you know, they, they do that between the four walls of the church. But then when we step out in society, we tend to gravitate to what they believe and how they act. And so we got believers, you know, not really maturely, emotionally mature, rather, to the way they can handle different situations, circumstances, even when because we're going to experience things. The Bible talks about that, how we're going to experience things, how we're going to, you know, we're going to face grief. We're going to face problems. We're going to face financial problems. We're going to face relationship problems. So the question is, how do we handle the emotions that come up? These are negative emotions because most all emotions are not bad. 
they are positive emotions, they are negative emotions. So how do we handle those things? Um, you know, when it comes to <clears throat> conflict, how do we handle these things, you know, when we have to deal with them? So, so we need to understand that, hey, what is the the thing that we need in order to have you know this emotional development so we're going to get into that so let's talk about um the battle of the mind we know that the battle is between the two ears okay and the battle is between our two ears <clears throat> so therefore let's look at this let's let's take a look at this and so um, <clears throat> it says we are emotional beings and our emotions steer us in, in many directions, affecting our mood and affects our tone and our behavior and on, on a daily basis. So we are affected on a daily basis with our emotions. Okay. And so they tend to take us different ways, depending on how we respond to our emotions. Many of us are taught from childhood that that emotions are bad, so we we invest considerable time trying to ignore them in the hopes that they will just go away. And we know that's not work. You know, they you know they told us that time heals all wounds. And the thing about it is, that's not true. Time does not heal. If you don't deal with your emotions, if you don't deal with maybe childhood trauma and things that you've experienced, you know, then they're just going to linger. They're going to affect your relationship. They're going to affect, you know, uh, different things in your life as you go forward, you know, but we try to ignore it, but, you know, and think that they'll go away, but in truth, they don't go away. They simply hang around like annoying backseat drivers blocking our ability to build and maintain good relationships. So they're going to block things in your life, your ability to, to build good, healthy relationships. And so we need to understand that, hey, um, this is not healthy for us as believers. We have Jesus on the inside of us. So we need to ask ourselves the question, why are we not um, be able to handle our emotions why are we struggling in that area why are so many believers struggling in that area and because and i've learned that just because you're saved doesn't mean you are emotionally mature okay that doesn't happen automatically that's why the bible says in romans 12 and 2 it says be transformed what by the renewing of your mind so what that scripture is saying is that transformation happens when you renew your mind. And the, the most, the number one thing you can do after you say is to renew your mind and renewing your mind is not a one-time event. Renewing your mind is a lifetime thing that you spend renewing your mind because you're going to face different things and there's certain, there's things in the culture, there's things that you're going to experience in your life that's going to challenge you to continue to believe what the word says and how to respond to different things. 
because this is just the enemy's job. He wants to change your mind about what you believe. And so the question is, are you going to respond God's way or are you going to respond the way that the culture says or to your emotions, to your bad experiences? And so we have to make a decision. So if 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 we allow it, your mind, if we allow it, our uh, inner voice will transmit negative thoughts about ourselves and the people around it. So if you allow it, your negative, that inner voice, that inter, internal voice, rather, the eternal, internal voice is going to transmit negative thoughts to you and the people around you. Okay. So such lies impact our ex expectations. It governs our behavior. It leads us to view experiences in a way that reinforces those lies. Okay, so your experiences is going to reinforce those lies that that inner voice is telling you, and that inner voice, and and a lot of times the enemy is speaking to you, so he wants to reinforce those lies that he tell us. Okay, by the things that we experience. Okay, these lies become repetitive loops playing with our thinking. And when left unchecked, become constraints, choking the abundant life God intended for us to have. Okay, so you don't want anything choking out the abundant life. Jesus said that I, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, okay, to the full until it overflows. And so, therefore, we need to understand that, hey, he said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. So the question is, do you want this abundant life that God has for us? Do we want that? And we definitely want that, okay? We want that abundant life that Jesus promised us. So we can't allow the enemy to tell us these lies. So if they're left unchecked, okay, they become constraints. Okay, so Jesus describes Satan as the father of lies. And much of our stress and anxiety and negative responses to situations flows from believing in Satan's deception. See, you're allowing Satan to deceive you. Okay, you're allowing the enemy to deceive you about what's going on versus you believe in the word of god satan is us with he is the father of lies okay that's who he is he is the father of lies and so you can't allow him to deceive you into thinking that you know what those things that are happening to you are lies that you know good that god doesn't love you if you believe those lies which this enemy is speaking to you then they're going to affect your life. They're going to stress you out. You have anxiety. And this is why some believers even are on medication. I'm not against medication. You need it. Praise God for that. But God's best is that you don't be on the medication and that you continue to just go forward and be mentally strong and stand on the word of God. But the good news is that uh, we have Christ in us who combats any scheme that Satan tried to play in our minds. See, Christ is on the inside of you. 
He lives on the inside of you. He's there to combat, combat um, these things that play these tricks when the enemy is playing tricks on our mind. Anytime we revisit our past without remembering how God sees and loves you, you serve yourself to the spirit of deception, which is why we must guard against having any self-talk, okay, that differs from God's truth, okay? So that's what anybody wants you to do. He wants you to revisit your past. If you revisit your past, okay, and don't remember that God loves you, that he loves you back then, because sometimes we say, well, did God really love me back then when I was struggling, when I was molested, when I was mistreated, when, you know, things wasn't going right? when I was homeless or whatever your situation was, you got to remember that God loved you then. Okay. He got you to remember how he sees you and that he loves you. And if you don't remember that you, you, it says you subject yourself to the spirit of deception. Okay. It is the enemy to try to deceive you. Okay. And then you allow that self-talk to be different from what the truth of God's word says. And so we don't want that. So when we learn how to understand and develop our emotional responses, we, we increase our ability to be relatable. So we have to learn, we're gonna learn, we're gonna spend some weeks learning how to develop, respond to situations so that we can grow relationships, we can be more spiritually mature, so we can handle any situation. Now, when I talk about handling any situation, I'm not saying you're never not going to cry. You're never going to cry. You're not going to share any tears. You know, you're not just everything just going to be hunky-dory. No, that's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm saying that you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to get through it because you know who you are in Christ, and you know who God is, and you'll be able to be able to withstand the things that the enemy throw at us and even life situations, you'll be able to go through it and be spirit mature and be able to handle that without, you know, losing your mind or having thoughts, you know, I mean, allowing the enemy to convince you to commit suicide. And so we don't want that, you know, because God, that wouldn't be God's best, but God wants us spiritually, emotionally, mature as we get into the word. So we're going to lift up a couple of scriptures. And I always try to narrow it down to two, unless the Holy Spirit leads me with more scriptures. Sometimes I do, but most times there are a lot of scriptures, but I try to narrow down about two or three scriptures, which will really bring um, home or pretty much bring, make the point that we're trying to make on tonight. But we're going to look at second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 very um familiar passage of scripture um i'm gonna read it from the new living translations and it says we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god and we capture their rebellious rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ listen to that listen to the word in that it says we, it says you, you and me, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. So what is it saying? It said there are obstacles that are trying to keep you and me 
from knowing God? What are those obstacles? We just talked about um, childhood trauma, circumstances in your life, financial services, marriage problems, um, you know, loss of job, loss of a close loved one, um, you know, things and just, just so many things, obstacles that try to keep us from knowing God. Okay, and it also says, and, but we have to capture those rebellious thoughts, okay, and teach them to obey Christ. Okay, we got to capture those thoughts. How do you capture it? You got to say, you know what, hold on. You know, this is not what the Bible says. This is not what God has said about this situation. And so it's your job. We got to capture those thoughts. Now, I want you to notice that. The King James Version, let me read it from the King James Version, because I want us um, to really look at the King James Version here. And let's look at it from that. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And we want I just want to give you to give the give the King James Version of it. It says, casting down. Let me start with three first. It says, for though we walk in the in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For our weapons are, worth, are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity, every thought into the obedience of Christ. Okay, so we see that. So notice it says that the weapons are for the casting down of two things now. It says imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, so the weapons that we have are for the casting down of two things. Imaginations, allowing your mind. But we have to realize that our imaginations are so powerful. You know, and it can be positive or negative. But our imagination is a problem. So the number one thing is imagination. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we got to cast it down. It says both of these areas deal with the mind. Okay. So the battle against the, the devil is a, takes place right between our ears. Okay. Right between your two ears is where the battle is. Okay, so we talk about developing emotional maturity. You need to understand what the battle is for. The battle is not fought in the physical. It is fought in the spiritual. It is fought in your thought life. And so that's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4, 4 and 23. And I'm reading this from the, um, I think, New Living Translation. It says, guard your heart. Well, to the King David, God has all done it, but out of it flows the issues of life. Okay. And so we got to guard your thinking. You have to guard it. So the Greek word um, that describes this, okay, it describes it as a reasoning that is hostile to Christ and his word. So anything that's hostile to God is where we got to cast it down. And we live in as a culture now that's, that are teaching things, that are embracing things that 
come against this hostile to Christ and his word. And we cannot be afraid, okay, to cast it down. We can't be afraid to stand up. It's going to come against you. It's going to come against you. So when we speak up against it, people are going to come after us. But we can't. It says reasoning that is hostile to Christ and his word. And we see people are hostile to the message of the gospel and God's word. And people are trying to change it. And so, and trying to say, you know, sustain. And I just go ahead and say, you know, the definition of a man, the definition of a woman, um, the definition of marriage. We're changing the definition of marriage, what a marriage is, you know, all different kinds of things, you know, that are coming against Christ and his word. And we got to cast those things down. And it, it is, you know, now this is translated in other versions by phrases as, and now the New Living Bible says this, this phrase, every proud argument against God. We see a lot of arguments that are against the word of God. It says we got to cast those down. Imaginations that come against God. Every proud uh, argument against God. That's what the Living Bible said. The, the today's English version says this, every proud obstacle. So there will be obstacle. What is the obstacle? Something that's going to block us block you from going where you need to go and so there are things obstacles that come against your thinking okay the new international version says every argument every argument that arguments that come against to try to discredit you know the word of god and so we got to come against those arguments the um jb philip new new testament says every deceptive fantasy so that's what it meant fantasizing about things the world has come up with these fantasies that are counterintuitive to the word of god come against the word of god so we gotta do that and the new american standard version says speculations to speculate they're speculating you know, these imaginations, these things, speculations. So we got to cast it down. Then it says the high things include anything that opposes the true knowledge of God and his Christ as revealed in the Bible. So anything that opposes the true knowledge of God, you got to cast it down. All these, these, these imaginations, these high things, anything that opposes anything. That oppose the true knowledge about God, you got to cast it down. And you got to be willing to stand. And you can't be afraid to stand, even in this culture, in this society. You got to say, we're not trying to get people to hate us, but the Bible said they're going to hate us. But you got you to be, and let me say, we're not to be judgmental, but the thing we got to say, you know what, I don't agree with that because the Bible says that's not, that's not right. And we got to stand on it. The Bible says we do this in kindness and a gentle heart. But this time you don't agree with it because it, com it comes against the word of God. It comes against Christ and his word. So the Bible, the, the, the mind is the battlefield in which thoughts and reasoning contrary to God's word are to be captured and submitted to Christ. When you submit something, you put it under. Captured means, hey, I take hold of these thoughts. I don't let my mind run with these thoughts. Now, I want to say that because you don't allow your mind to just allow to just 
um, run with these thoughts. The Bible says when you when you do that, they become strongholds, meaning that you adapt these way of thinking, and it become then it becomes a part of your belief system. So, but we got to take them captive. And so, so how do we do that? Well, I heard one um, preacher say that he says when it comes to our thoughts, because maybe you're saying, you know what, hey, you know, I can't control my thoughts. I think things, you know, things come to my mind or, you know, and then we read things or we see things in society and society is pushing us and trying to get the, the body of Christ to embrace certain teachings and theologies and ideologies, things that they're pushing for us. And we can't accept them. But I heard um, preacher put it this way. He said, you know, when it comes to our thoughts, because you may be saying, you know, I can't control my thoughts. You know what? Thoughts come to my mind. I can't help it. Well, he put it this way. He says, you can't stop birds from flying over your head. He said, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Now, that's the same thing with thoughts. You can't keep thoughts from coming into your mind. They're going to come. But you can make sure they don't become stronghold. You can make sure it's up to you that they don't become stronghold, that they don't become a part of your belief system. In other words, you are the doorkeeper of your mind. Let me say it again. You are the doorkeeper of your mind. You control what goes in and what goes out. Okay, you can you can cast stuff down. I'm not accepting that. I don't believe that. No, I believe this because the word of God says this, but I don't believe it. I, I reject that. And I accept that you determine what you accept and what you reject. And how do we determine that? By basing on reading the word of God, knowing the word of God, and standing on what the word of God says. So it's it is not only possible. Okay, to take every thought captive, but our spiritual weapons are designed to express the purpose of taking every thought captive and making them obedient to Christ. Keeping our minds completely stayed upon God is an obtainable goal. So it is an obtainable goal. Okay, it is obtainable goal to to keep your mind stayed on Christ. But it takes practice. You got to train yourself. It's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen overnight, but you can train yourself to do these things. Okay. And so we have to understand, you know, that, that God has given us the ability to do this. Just as the enemy soldier uh, captured in war. Okay. So rebellious thoughts must be taken captive and made submissive to Christ. Okay. Just like you take it, they take an enemy and put them in captive in a war. They call him a, a prisoner of war. We can take our uh, our thoughts, captain, and submit them to the word of God. This is the thing that we have to do in order to be successful in, in developing a mature mind, mature emotions. All right, so let's look at the second scripture. It is James 1 and 5. And I'm reading from a new limitation. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Well, he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So if you need wisdom, see, this is how we grow, you know, emotion. This is, we, we grow, we become mature. Okay, if you need wisdom, maybe you, you lack understanding in some. It says, ask God. He'll give it to you. 
ask God for the truth. Because I, I often I hear believers now and they when it comes to certain things, well, I don't know what it is. I don't understand. I don't know what God said. Well, you have to read his word. Listen to what God said about it. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And God says he will give you the answer. He said he will not rebuke you for asking. Okay, so when we can assume that this, you know, when we, we study this verse, we, this is the continuation of the truth that, that James expounded on the previous verses, okay? So let's look at the previous verses um, that James talked about. Let's look at the, the previous verses. I want to take a look at that. It says here, in starting with James, where it says, James, the servant of God, the Lord, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribe, which was scattered abroad, greeting, it says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, okay? Knowing this, that the triumph of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So he's talking about when you're being tempted. He says, knowing that, hey, okay, you're going to be tempted and there's things going to come against you. He says, but hey, let patience have its perfect work. Then he goes on to say in five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who give it to all men liberally and read it from the King James Version, and embrace not and it shall be given to him. He says, so when it comes to temptation, so any temptation that you are experiencing, he said, if you're lacking um, ask God. He'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. He says, if, if, if we are in the midst of a trial and don't know what to do, we had to ask God for wisdom and he'll grant to us. So if you're, in a, if you're in the midst of a trial right now and you don't know what to do, you don't know, says, I don't understand. I don't know what to do. You know what? Ask God. He'll help you. He'll give you wisdom. And he won't, he doesn't, he, he would do it without rebuke. You know, he'd do it without rebuke. Even if you ask him again, maybe you, you ask him, ask him again and again and again, he won't rebuke you. Because this is a, a very important because most of the trials we encounter are self-inflicted. Okay, most of the stuff that we bring on ourselves is self-inflicted. Okay. And this is part of being emotionally mature because most mature, you know, when you, okay, I can come to God, ask him, and he'll give me the answer to my situation. Even though I brought it on myself, he says, I will answer. I won't rebuke you. Um, they are, they are due at least to some degree to some misstep on our part. Okay. So you, we may have messed up. If we feel God is angry with us, we might fail to seek his wisdom, thinking that we are just getting what we deserve. See, this is the mindset. That, let me tell you, you know, we when we bring things on ourselves, and you know what, things and we bring the consequences come and it's our fault. We think, you know, we just getting what we deserve. So why am I going to go to God? No, it says come to God, ask him. And we think God is angry with us. And that's the trick of the enemy. You know, even though you brought yourself, God's not angry with you. But come to him, go come to him, go to him and ask him, you okay, God, I messed this up. Now you show me how to get out of it. You show me a way out. Okay. 
But you understand, so we we think we deserve it, but that's not the way God is, the Lord is. If we are in trouble, we can ask for his help and wisdom, and he gives it without rebuke. God won't rebuke you for asking, even though you may be in your fault. This is part of being spiritually, emotionally mature. Get your mind right. Understand that, you know what? Yeah, I messed it up. But don't be afraid to come to him and say, you know what? I messed it up. I need your advice to get out of this situation. And so this is what we and this is a, a good start for us as to how we grow emotion. Understand that the battle between your two ears is the, the battle of the mind. And you got to win that battle. And you've and you said we've already got the victory, but you've got to understand that, hey, this is what God wants for you. Okay. This is he wants us to grow mature. He wants us to be able to handle every situation, situation, every circumstance on every occasion. He wants us to handle it maturely and grow in that area so that we can show the world who Christ is. So this is once again, we're going to continue with this. I just want to pray for you right here. Father God, in the name of you, we thank you and we bless your name for those who listen. We thank you for emotional maturity that we continue to grow with God. I pray that everyone listening to sound was to be able to begin to handle um, circumstances and situations by listening to your voice, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to them and to handle same situations and not believe the lies of the enemies. The lies that say we're not good enough, that you're angry with us, that we're not worthy of your blessings, that we're not worthy of your grace. But we know that your word says that, hey, by what you did for us, you made us worthy through your finished works. And God, we are love. We are the beloved. We are more than conquer. We are your children. You are our friend. And so no matter what we've done, God, it does not keep you from loving us. And so God can allow the person to embrace your love and begin to come to you and ask you. And as we continue to grow emotionally, to be able to handle every circumstance the way you handle it, God, and you've given us the ability to do it through us standing on the word and renewing our minds. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, we thank you. Um, we will continue on this series about developing emotional maturity. And we'll see you again next week. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.